You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Walter Wagner graduated UC Berkeley with a minor in physics and a major in biology. After a three-year break from science to attend law school, Dr. Wagner resumed work in physics and biology at the U.S. Veterans Administration Medical Center in San Francisco, working in nuclear medicine and health physics. He then embarked on teaching science and mathematics from grade school to college. Dr. Wagner developed a botanical garden in Hawaii and continues involvement with several professional associations, including the Health Physics Society and the Society of Nuclear Medicine. Thank you for speaking with me, Dr. Wagner. Oh, you're very welcome, Rick. Let's get straight to the to the heart of matters. You have filed a lawsuit in Hawaii against CERN in Switzerland to stop them from firing up the Large Hadron Collider. Could you explain what a Large Hadron Collider is? Yes, uh, it's uh, a cyclotron. Uh, you might be familiar with the, the cyclotron that's been up at UC Berkeley for many years. It's called the Bevatron up there. Uh, this one is just very much larger. It has a 27 kilometer circumference uh, for the uh, particles to travel through, and uh, basically it's an accelerator, and it accelerates uh, protons or lead nuclei uh, to very, very high speeds, so they're traveling at close to the speed of light, and uh, the intent of the collider is to do exactly what its name says, collide these two beams of particles head-on into each other and create a large amount of energy in a very small volume. And one of the things they hope to discover is something called the Higgs boson, also known as the God particle. Uh, discovering the God particle sounds like it may be a dicey proposition. Yeah, uh, there are a number of theorists who think that it, this is something that could be discovered. Other theorists uh, don't even believe that the Higgs field exists and that there is such a thing as the Higgs boson. I don't know. Uh, uh, referring to it as a God particle, I think, uh, is sort of the kind of... Uh, Reference to the quest for this is a uh, almost a, a religious zeal on the part of physicists to, to try to find this particle. It's also called the God Machine, uh, the LHC is. So, but uh, that's not the only thing, of course, that's being looked for. Uh, there are many other kinds of events that are being looked for, and uh, two of the things that are predicted that might happen is it might create micro black holes, and it might create strangelets, and those are the ones that we are the most concerned with. Could you explain what a micro-black hole is and why it's dangerous? Well, a micro-black hole is like its uh, cousin, much larger cousin, only very much smaller in size. A micro-black hole would have an exceptionally tiny di- diameter, uh, smaller than the diameter of a nucleus of an atom. Uh, and it would only have a very small amount of mass, uh, uh, perhaps only a few hundred atomic mass units in, in that volume. But it would be a black hole in the sense that nothing can escape from it. Uh, just much like its larger cousin, uh, the black holes that form when stars collapse, which have a very large mass, uh, there is no limit, theoretically, as to the size of a black hole. It could be any size. And so one of the theories that's out there is that it might be able to create a tiny black hole. Uh, A lot of people believe that if it did that, they would then very quickly evaporate. But that's where the uh, issue is, is the theory for evaporating of black holes is purely theory. It's uh, never been established as fact. 
And what would be the danger if this black hole did not evaporate? Well, if it did not evaporate, uh, the danger is, is twofold. One, uh, uh, because these uh, beams are colliding head-on, anything that would be created such as a micro-black hole would be close to um, or below escape velocity for Earth, and that is 40,000 kilometers per hour. And some of them would be captured by Earth's gravity and remain permanently bound to Earth uh, going through the Earth repeatedly uh, many times and allow it to slowly grow larger. And uh, the theory is also that, it, uh, that the larger it is, the faster it can accrete matter. And so it would uh, have sort of an exponential curve for growth um, and uh, on the order of decades to centuries, it might grow large enough to consume the entire Earth. It's not something that most people believe would occur instantaneously. It would, uh, it would take a very long, slow process for that to occur. How would we know if this had even happened? Well, we likely would not. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's one of the difficulties with it. Uh, when there would be very difficult to detect. Uh, it's believed that... Uh, that if they are creatable, if you can make such an object, that they are being made in nature, in the upper atmosphere of our planet. But the ones that are created in nature would be traveling at relatively high speeds, uh, close to the speed of light, and would traverse our planet in about a quarter of a second and not have time to interact and essentially be harmless, much like neutrinos. Trillions of neutrinos are passing through your body even as we speak uh, every second. But uh, they don't interact because they're very ghost-like, is sometimes referred to as. Uh, they uh, occasionally will interact, and so we are able to detect them. Uh, the same is probably true for a micro-black hole that's traveling at high speed. It just simply doesn't interact. It's only if it's traveling at slow speed and can grow larger that, it would, that its interaction rate would start increasing. Could you talk uh, about some of the... Uh, what strangelets are. This is a very interesting term, and it reminds me of something out of a science fiction novel. I'm thinking Ice Nine from Kurt Vonnegut's famous novel, Cat's Cradle. Yeah, I, I read that science fiction book uh, decades ago. I enjoyed it. And uh, I believe it was Frank Wilczek who uh, coined the term Ice Nine for the kind of fusion reaction which would take place uh, with a theoretical strangelet. It's another theoretical particle that was first theorized to exist more than 20 years ago. And uh, no one has ever found one yet. Uh, there have been searches for them all over the place, uh, including in uh, some of the previous colliders, uh, as well as the previous fixed target accelerators as well. There were a number of searches, and people have searched for them uh, in, uh, here on Earth to see whether any might be stuck to the matter and so forth, and nothing's been found. And their properties are entirely theoretical as well. But essentially... What it is believed can occur is if you can make them, if you can put enough energy together into one small volume, that not only would you have up quarks and down quarks, which form the protons and neutrons of an atom, but you could also, uh, have with enough energy, form strange quarks, which is the next uh, more massive quark up of, of the six types of quarks. And the strange quark uh, would be able to recombine uh, if there were enough of them present, if you had an uh, approximately equal number of up quarks, down quarks, and strange quarks, that it could recombine to form a more stable type of an atom. And uh, it, that would is called a strangelet. And the property of it is that because it is more stable, if it were to come into contact with any other kind of nucleus, 
it would immediately fuse, uh, grow a little bit larger, and release energy in the process and become even more stable. And it's that kind of a fusion process which could run in, result in a runaway fusion uh, event. Uh, again, though, uh, strangers, if they were created, uh, would probably take uh, centuries to millennia uh, to uh, engage, become large enough to start running into a runaway fusion process. So we wouldn't necessarily see those right away either. Could you tell me why you decided to bring this issue to the courts in Hawaii? Well, I live in Hawaii is, is the, the primary reason why it's in Hawaii. Uh, so uh, it, basically a, a plaintiff can bring his action wherever he or she resides. Uh, and uh, the government entities that are being uh, named uh, also have operations in Hawaii as well. So they are uh, subject to jurisdiction in Hawaii on that basis. And so uh, it's primarily a matter of convenience for me. I don't want to have to be flying to the East Coast uh, somewhere to uh, attend hearings. I want to be able to attend to the closest place possible. And uh, the, you know, the attorneys for the Department of Justice are certainly able to communicate with their clients wherever they might be in the U.S. But why use the courts? I, I mean, uh, is this not a discussion that's more fit for scientists and and hasn't some of this stuff been known? I mean, presumably, if they're building this Super Hadron Collider, um, or Large Hadron Collider, they've, known, they've had the science behind it for, for years. Well, some of this is actually fairly new. Only in the last two or three years has it come out uh, about uh, the idea that micro-black holes are going to accumulate in the Earth as opposed to the ones in nature where they zip on through. That argument was never addressed by the uh, Large Hadron Collider. And some of the other issues uh, pertaining to the strangers have not been addressed. We brought those issues to the attention of uh, CERN, uh, the parent organization for the Large Hadron Collider, and uh, they have embarked on a, another safety study to address those issues. That safety study was supposed to be issued by January 1st of this year, according to a letter I received from them back in October of last year. When that didn't uh, come out, uh, I gave them a month and uh, emailed them, and they emailed me back saying it was a little bit delayed. It'd be available by the end of February. Well, the end of February came and went, and it still wasn't available. And so, we decided it was getting close enough on the commissioning side of things that we wanted to make certain that we have the safety review out uh, to where we can review it, critique it, bring in other scientists to review it and critique it uh, before they can commence uh, with operations. And so essentially that's, you know, the legal issue is, is can they commence operation without finalizing a safety review? You mentioned on the website uh, NEPA uh, violations as well. Uh, yes, uh, that's actually in the complaint. Uh, and they have not uh, filed uh, any NEPA, or, or followed any of the NEPA requirements within the U.S., they have relied entirely on everything being done in Switzerland and France, and they don't have the same kinds of requirements, and we believe that they should be required to follow the U.S. requirements because it is not just uh, a Swiss or French operation. It is also, a, in part, a U.S. operation. In fact, the, the most in, integral part of the Large Hadron Collider are the superconducting magnets, which are built by Fermilab. And so we believe that confers jurisdiction on the court over uh, the operation. 
Uh, you mentioned Fermi Lab. That brings to mind Enrico Fermi and Edward Teller, who had some uh, similar concerns uh, over the ignition of the first uh, nuclear uh, bomb. Yeah, uh, that was actually a valid concern. Uh, they were able to show that it was a very low probability that the Earth's atmosphere would ignite. I, I'm not certain on the exact figures. I think it was like less than 1 in 50,000 or less than 1 in 100,000. And uh, the operating philosophy at that time was better dead than red. And uh, so they decided to take the chance. And, of course, that chance didn't um, come to pass. Um, but uh, that is not what I consider to be a valid operational philosophy, particularly nowadays when there is no national security issue associated with uh, this. Uh, previously, uh, the nuclear weapon program, there was considered to be a, a very major national security issue uh, and uh, an impetus to proceed with the testing. Uh, and I don't see that that issue is present. You know, when I, I, I see the headlines associated with this, it, it really makes me think that we're living in a science fiction novel, and, and at the you know, this is the beginning of a, of a Quatermass movie. Um, I'm not familiar with that particular movie, but uh, it, it does have a lot of parallels to science fiction uh, novels that I've read in the past, uh, uh, even into the Superman magazines, it's got parallels where Superman's planet <laughs> exploded on him, his home planet. Uh, I, I'm wondering if you care to talk about how our vision of science is in many ways informed by science fiction. Well, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of science fiction that's come true, and so it's no longer science fiction. Uh, uh, the uh, geosynchronous orbits satellites were first written about in a science fiction novel. And uh, now, you know, of course, geosynchronous uh, satellites are extremely common. That's what we rely on for all of our communications. And I'm sure our, our conversation right now is going through a uh, geosynchronous satellite. But uh, there are a lot of parallels. Uh, and uh, But then again, there's a lot of science fiction out there which is, you know, readily provable as impossible. And... Uh, but this is something that is not, uh, and that's the difficulty. Uh, uh, the reliance on Hawking radiation, uh, the idea that micro black holes will immediately evaporate, uh, is not a good idea. That's not science. Uh, science relies on observation and repeated observation. And no one has ever observed uh, Hawking radiation or black holes evaporating. So to rely on that is, is we consider that to be um, a spurious uh, argument. And uh, currently, I believe that uh, the uh, LHC Safety Assessment Group, uh, which is preparing their most recent safety study, uh, is addressing that issue and instead looking for an additional argument. And I don't think they've found one yet. I think that's the reason why they haven't come out with a report yet. What would satisfy you that it's safe to throw the on switch? Well, there are a number of ways in which that can be done. Uh, and that's one of the things we've addressed in the lawsuit, some of the things we think that need to be uh, done. Uh, in May of this year, uh, there is going to be a NASA satellite launch of a satellite called the GLAST, G-L-A-S-T. It's a gamma-ray observatory uh, in space, and one of the things it's uh, designed to search for is possible Hawking radiation that would be emitted from primordial black holes that might have existed, uh, and some of which might just now be evaporating if the theory of Hawking radiation is valid. So that would be one way in which to you know, establish, oh, yes, okay, Hawking radiation is real. Another way might be uh, that if uh, 
these high-energy cosmic rays that impact our atmosphere and presumptively form micro-black holes, uh, relativistic micro-black holes. If they immediately evaporate, they'll only travel a few centimeters before they evaporate. And we'd be able to see in the upper atmosphere uh, signs of Hawking radiation if there's some way to detect that. Or we might be able to have a ground-based or satellite-based detector. I say ground-based maybe on the moon where there is no atmosphere. Or in a satellite, uh, a detector uh, in which um, high-energy cosmic rays strike uh, a target and create a micro-black hole. And then we have detectors to observe uh, the Hawking radiation. Uh, nobody's done those kinds of experiments yet. Um, so that would be one way, uh, possibly, of, of going about uh, establishing that. Uh, I don't know of any, and I'm, I'm sure other people, if they think about it, can probably come up with other ways, but they haven't been done yet. So do you think that when they do flip on the switch, if the worst comes to pass, do you think that uh, Joe Average is going to notice something? Well, when you say when they do, I, I like to use the word if they do. Uh, because we don't know that they will. We're hoping that uh, this won't happen immediately anyway, and uh, uh, certainly won't, we're hoping that it won't happen unless the safety issues have been fully addressed. But if that doesn't happen, and if they do turn it on, uh, I don't think we will notice anything immediately. As I indicated, uh, micro-black holes would probably take uh, decades to centuries before they would be able to grow large enough to start uh, consuming the Earth, and uh, the same is true with strangers. The, the difference is, is what would occur. A micro-black hole would convert the Earth into a black hole. A strangelet would cause the Earth to explode uh, eventually. It would fall to the center of the Earth, grow larger, release a lot of fusion energy, eventually leave, uh, release enough energy that it would cause, you know, detonate the Earth. But uh, those things are probably take centuries. And uh, <laughs> so, no, I don't think anybody's going to see anything or notice anything. One of the headlines suggested that we could be hurtled into an alternate dimension. Uh, how does that happen? Well, I haven't really, uh, you know, some of the, there's some other people who are out there who have some really strange or far-out ideas from that are novel physics, that I like to call them, that aren't based on uh, what uh, necessarily physics is that's already been established. And I don't know whether or not something like that could ever occur. Um, I, we haven't addressed that at all in the uh, lawsuit. So what's next with the lawsuit? What happens uh, in the next step? How do you make sure they don't throw the on switch? Well, that's we're seeking a uh, restraining order uh, from the court. Uh, and it, essentially, we're asking that they not be allowed to operate the machine until they have completed the safety study, and we've had a minimum of four months to review it. And uh, I think it's fairly likely that the court will do that, at least simply because um, that doesn't uh, adversely impact them in any way. Uh, one thing that, that interests me is, is there's a bit of a connection with this to global warming in that they both uh, seem to uh, use what's called the precautionary principle in that if the entire planet is in peril, it, perhaps it's better to hold back on pushing that on button until you get a really good result. Is, is that something that uh, what you're basing your uh, lawsuit on and your decision to go ahead with on? Well, that's part of it. Uh, the United States, I don't believe, has adopted the precautionary principle as of yet, but it has been adopted in Europe. And that's one of the arguments we have is that it's not been properly addressed. Uh, the European Commission has uh, adopted that uh, as uh, something that's supposed to be in play for any 
uh, operations, including such as something as the LHC, and that hasn't been addressed either uh, by the uh, LHC. And we would like to um, see that they, you know, they have an abundance of caution and not simply say, "Well, it's a very small risk." I've, I've seen a lot of numbers thrown out by people who don't really have the background uh, and haven't researched the issues. Most of the people I've I've talked to who who think they are have a background in physics and have addressed uh, or, uh, the issue as to what the risk is, haven't stopped to consider the, the invalidity of the cosmic ray argument that's been presented. And yet they're saying uh, the risk is like 1 in 50,000, or it's the risk of like uh, winning the lottery three times in a row. Uh, the chance of that occurring is very minuscule. But they don't show any way in which they've come up with those numbers. I don't know of any way in which to come up with a, a risk evaluation number, and that's one of the problems. Uh, are there other similar experiments being done? We we seem to be in a period where we're making some big advances in physics and playing with you know the the basic uh, keys and laws of the universe. Well, the, the RIC, of course, uh, the relativistic heavy ion collider in, at Brookhaven uh, has uh, a similar very similar machine. It does the same thing. It collides protons head-on and it collides heavy nuclei head-on, but at much lower energy, about 30-fold lower energy than the LHC. And uh, they've been forming uh, what they claim is a quark-gluon plasma. Uh, it may very well be. Then again, it may not quite be to that stage yet. Uh, and uh, it, it might possibly be at a stage, of a precursor stage of forming a strange lit or uh, I don't think you can refer to a precursor stage for black hole. I think it's just as soon as you cross the threshold, you'd start creating them. And uh, it doesn't, you know, I, I don't know that they've done that yet, uh, but I haven't examined all of their data. I don't think they've examined all of their data yet either. Uh, who is should be keeping track of this stuff? It seems like there should be, you know, a, a world science council to, you know, stop uh, the the mad scientists from doing uh, dangerous things. Well, actually, that's not a bad idea. I haven't uh, really considered that before. Uh, there is no international oversight over this. Uh, it's uh, The CERN is composed of something like 30 different countries. I don't have the exact count in front of me uh, who have uh, participating scientists. The U.S. has about 10% of the funding, and the other 90% comes from all over the globe. Uh, the magnets, I, I said the superconductive magnets come from Fermilab, but the warm magnets come from uh, Russia and uh, Canada, I believe, and uh, I think a couple of other countries have, have a few of the warm magnets that have been built for it. And uh, so, yes, there probably should be, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have an international agency, for one thing, just to coordinate so that we don't have duplicative efforts. Uh, it's a waste of uh, resources to be duplicating efforts uh, in two different countries doing the same thing at the same time. Um, so, but that's sort of the, the competition uh, effect, and I, I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing for science either. As I see it, you know, we're not getting a lot of information. You know, it's answering some questions, and as soon as you answer those questions, there's a whole host of other questions. Uh, yet, I think a lot of those questions we're answering can be answered better through satellite and uh, telescope observation. Uh, uh, I'm very much in favor of advancing uh, the uh, European uh, Space Agency and uh, the American Space Agency, NASA, and, and continuing uh, doing more science through those avenues, as well as 
our telescopes. Here in Hawaii, we have a large number of telescopes uh, on top of Mauna Kea. It's um, probably the best uh, place to observe the northern hemisphere, anyway, um, in the globe. And uh, so uh, I'd like to, there's supposed to be another even larger telescope being built uh, uh, that I'm hoping to see come along. And those kinds of things, I think, are very, very beneficial. And uh, so if there's a question of where is the best place to put our resources as well. I don't really want to address this, the economic issues so much because that's not an issue before the courts. Uh, I do note, that, however, as of just in the last few weeks, that CERN has developed a relationship with the uh, ITER, the, the fusion reactor that is supposed to be built in France, and I'd like to see more of that. Uh, I think that the, addressing the actual pragmatic energy issues uh, that are facing us would be uh, something that should be of uh, top importance for CERN. We've been speaking with Dr. Walter Wagner. He works in Hawaii. He's a botanist and a physicist who's brought a suit against CERN to stop the startup of the Large Hadron Collider. Thank you for speaking with me, Dr. Wagner. Well, you're very welcome. I enjoyed it. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.